Welcome to the fourth episode of the Dial-Up Movie Club. Yeah, buddy. Hello, hello, hello. I am your moderator, Matthew. With me, we have Drew. What's up, what's up? And we got Dean. Hello, I'm Dean. How's everyone doing this week? Uh, I know how Dean's been doing a little bit. We'll get to that. Uh, I've been doing pretty good. Uh, I watched Dunkirk. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I honestly not a huge fan. Uh, it's only good for one watch. Yeah. It, because you yeah, know what I happens definitely would not. Yeah, I wouldn't watch it again. Uh, it has its moments for sure, and it's cool and all, but like... I definitely noticed some editing errors, which is off-putting. Typically, you Ooh. shouldn't notice that. Yeah, and uh, there were there was some cool scenes though. Like I don't know if you guys have seen it, but like the part when like the ship is flooding, that was pretty sweet. You know, it's Christopher but, Nolan, so it's bound to have its moments. I have not I'm seen sure. it. I've seen it in theaters. Nice, nice. That would have been better. It was better, I'm sure. Dean, how's your week? Well. My uh, last weekend, I went to Michigan Adventures with Drew and some other yes. friends. Uh, Matthew was invited, but he uh, turned it down. And we got to Michigan Adventures, and our first coaster to go on was the Shivering Timbers roller coaster, which is a big, huge wooden roller coaster with like a, a good-sized first hill and then other hills. But... As we were going over the second hill, this is the first coaster we went on. We go over the top, and we're, like, just starting to go down where the momentum, you could feel yourself, like, going up. And I'm sitting next to my friend Travis, and you look, and this phone starts floating away. And I'm like, oh, there's a phone. And as it spins in the air, I notice, oh, that's my phone. And I just helplessly watch my phone fall and plummet. Um, from one of the tallest points of the roller coaster. Um, it's pretty much doomed from that point on. Everybody's laughing behind me. And I felt like I handled it pretty well. I just got a new phone today, and it's charging right now. I like how nice. everyone behind you was laughing. They were. But... I mean, how also, could you not, honestly? I mean, one of the guys, I kind of appreciated this. I mean, I already knew to do this, but the guy came over to me before he left, and he was like, you got to make sure you can you try and get your phone back, dude. So they cared. It was funny. I was laughing, too. I mean, you don't always just... It was it was floating. <laughs> I, if I knew it was my phone right Zero off the bat, geez. I might have had a chance to reach out and grab it. <laughs> but when I reached, it was too late. Dang. <laughs> Rest in peace, Dean's old phone. Yeah. I'm uh, excited you... to discuss this movie yeah. that Same. we watched about yeah. the dude. The, 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 the dude. I watched, uh, I watched a couple things this week. I watched... Well, Kim, and, Kim has been re-watching Rick and Morty, so I've watched a few of those season one episodes, and I forgot how good that show starts off. Season yeah, one it, of that it show is very off good. great. And I'm very nervous to get to the later episodes with her. Because uh, I feel like I don't like those ones as much. But I watched another movie with Kim. We watched Crazy Stupid Love. I mean, it's fine. Didn't love it. Have you guys seen that? 
No, I have not. Uh, no. I mean, it's a fine date movie, but uh, I mean, is I, it like a rom com or kind of? It's like Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, and ah, uh, does it end sad or happy? Uh, Dan, stupid. Oh, yeah, I think the ending is the worst part of it. <laughs> Dang. Uh, did and, you uh, also watch that Bo Burnham thing this I week? I was just going to say, because I want to go on a little Bo Burnham rant right quick. Oh, no. Because I know I'm in the, or the minority on this because I've seen a lot of people like on Letterboxd. It's almost completely five stars. Everyone loves it. Um. And, and I wasn't planning to watch a it. one. Yeah, I did. I gave it a one out of five, so like a two out of ten. That says something. And, uh, yeah. So I wasn't planning to watch it, but a buddy of ours recommended it to me, and I was like, "Ah, don't recommend that to me. I don't like comedy specials." And he's like, "No, no, no. It's different. This is uh, actual movie." And so I'm like, okay, fine, I'll watch it. It is the dumbest, dumbest thing. Stupidest, dumbest, like, hmm. It's like, it's like it was made by a ninth grader who just marathoned all of Rick and Morty in a day and thought, oh, I'm very smart and funny now and made a comedy special. Because you give me an example, because I don't know what this is you're talking he, about. He did make a movie called Eighth Grade, so. That makes uh Bo Burnham is a comedian, Dean. You probably like know of something he's done. He's pretty big. Uh he mostly does like songs for com- comedy He's acts. the dude who made like the world burning song or something like that. Yeah. And then screams of oh. Yeah. Probably the lowbrow the lowbrow comedy. Yeah, yeah, I'm not really a big fan of it myself, I must admit. But I, I haven't seen any of his work, though, so I don't want to judge him right off the bat. Cause I, don't, I, don't I, I don't even like uh, comedy specials. I love live comedy, but I I never get anything out of comedy specials, I feel like. Like, yeah, even my favorite ones. the right ones, comedy like, specials. What's that? You're not, right, you're not watching the right comedy specials, then. There's I'm some like, good I've ones. even watched comedians I really like. Their comedy ones. specials, like Hannibal Burris. I've watched some of his, and I just don't laugh. And I'm like, I know if I was there, I'd laugh, but watching it on screen, I don't know. I don't get as much out of it, I guess. That's something better to do with your time, and that's probably in the back of your head. Maybe, yeah. But this one was especially just stupid. I made it halfway in. There's a song where he's singing about white women's Instagrams and posing in a bunch of white women ways, and I was just, mm. I couldn't take any more. Gave it one star and left. I I think with comedy specials for sure you got to be doing something else. I just leave them on in the background and listen to them really. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But with that all out of the way, Dean, you brought yeah. us a movie this week. Yes, I did. I brought you the Big Lebowski. Now, before we even get into it, what do you guys think it's uh, rated on the IMDb? Ooh, I'm going to guess a 7. I'm just going to guess a straight-up 7. Okay. I'm going to go a (laughs) 6.7. Well, 
Drew is the winner, um, with the oh. actual rating being an 8.1. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. It kind of surprised me, too, when I looked at it. And I was like, wow. I heard that Lebowski. movie didn't do good in the box office, but just kind of developed a um, cult following after. Yeah, that's why I kind of thought it would be lower, but... Yeah. All right. Well, I, I mean, it, I dig it. I think it deserves a higher rate. It does. It does deserve it. I'm sure... I mean, I don't even remember what the trailer's like, but maybe the trailers seemed dull, so people didn't even, like... They're like, this just seems slow. I, I think for whatever reason, I had seen the trailer at some point. But... Either way, I the version I had watched was the DVD Collector's Edition by Focus Features, um, and it appears to be the Cohen brothers directed it, Joel Cohen and Ethan Cohen, although Ethan Cohen is not credited for some reason. Um, they both wrote it as well, and it stars Jeff Bridges, John Goodman, and Julianne Moore. That's right, right? I think I got her name right. That's right. All right. And, I mean, why... Oh, before even diving into it at this point, what were your initial thoughts on the film, would you say? Hey, club members, it's Matthew. Now, as many of you know, I'm getting married next year, and I want to fit into a tux and, most of all, look good in it for those photos. So I've been having to prioritize my own health a lot more, eating healthier, getting rid of sodas, and walking more. And one of the biggest helps for me has been Liquid IV. Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and the Hydration Multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use it first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, or on long flights. I love how it makes me feel after a workout. This stuff refreshes you. I love all the flavors, but let me tell you two of my favorites. One, the new strawberry lemonade flavor. Fantastic. And if I'm feeling a little more classic, I go with the pina colada. One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. There are 12 delicious, refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting, which contain five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C, with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. Made with premium ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. Liquid IV partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50-plus countries around the world. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code DIALUP at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code DIALUP at liquidiv.com. I think it is like the pinnacle of a good stoner comedy, drama, whatever you would pin it as. 
kind of fits all those boxes. Uh, it's great. I honestly, every second, like with the first time I watched it, I was super tired. This was a long time ago, so I didn't retain much of it, but, and I wasn't really into it, but this time it just kept me engaged the whole time. It was, it was just so interesting. It kept taking turn after turn, twist after twist. I didn't remember any of them and you know, lovable characters for sure. I mean, the whole thing. Great. I couldn't agree more because you see other stoner movies out there and it's just, it seems like most stoner movies get too wacky. Like the characters the whole time are like, Oh dude, what's going on? And sometimes yeah. it's enjoyable, you know, maybe, maybe and if lots you're of in that jokes mindset. in those movies, lots of like, just not, not really well thought out stuff. The big Lebowski seems much more well-constructed for the mix of stoners and the people who will hang around their stoner friends, but they don't touch the stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, I, It has a lot more intention behind it. Yeah, going into it, I was expecting more of like a Kevin Smith-directed stoner comedy where they're just smoking the whole time and... Like you guys said, we're making kind of lowbrow jokes, but this was this was different. This was a lot better, and I laughed quite a bit. I watched it with Dean, and he can he can uh, back me up when I say I laughed quite a I bit. I liked it a lot. I vouch for him. Yeah, vouch for me. <laughs> and I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. And this is a movie that's been on my radar for a long time, but I wasn't. I was never sure if I'd like it. So I'm very happily pleased with it. I'm glad you were happily nice. pleased. Now going in, I don't know if the versions you watched had it or not. I won't go too in-depth because I know it bored Matt like heck. But in the Focus Features Collector's Edition, at least, the, before the movie even starts, before it shows all the intros, you get a shot of a elderly man sitting in an office uh lots of woodwork around and he's pretty much preparing you to see the movie he's explaining how the movie has grown a following over the years and it's been experiencing so much neglect and he shows like these weird cuts of the toe scene which we'll get at later <laughs> and it the that first seems cut like a is... weird part to display right <laughs> off the bat <laughs> it's um the first cut is what he says is just the one that's been pirated so many times to the point where it looks fried and they play the clip of it and it truly is fried. And then afterwards they say they washed the film and their film preservation solution. Um, by the way, the gr they did have a group name, which was forever young film preservations. Um, they will also no longer hire non-union labor. They made sure to say that. Um, but they wash it through all their solution and then they show and the clip is now looking clear, but for some reason it's in some Albanian language. I don't know. I'm not good with my languages. It's not in English. Um, and then he says, I think some guy, he says John Goodman wasn't available. So some other guy voiced them, but it's clearly just, it's just clearly the original clip at that point. But after that's over, you go through all the movie intros, and then we actually get into the actual movie. And it begins with, like, a, it's like in the West. You're in a deserty area. There's tumbleweeds, and there's a song playing that's like an old-timey Western song. You got, the, like, a quartet of men singing it. 
Um, and this man narrates in the beginning. Does anybody know that guy's name, actually? The excellent narration of Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. He is the perfect pick for a narrator for this movie, in my opinion. Agreed. Um, and as the movie started, he's basically talking like, sometimes there's a man. Sometimes, well, he's a man for his time and place. He fits right in there. Oh, and, by the name of Jeff Lebowski. And he loses his train of thought. He does lose his train of thought. <laughs> it goes sometimes, sometimes, and it's just still playing clips. <laughs> well, seem to have lost my train of thought. <laughs> and Lebowski's buying a uh, carton of milk, and I do want to say, if I can, real quick. Yes, uh, yes, yes. The there's a tumbleweed that we watch go across like the plains and stuff, and uh, I feel that that is very symbolic of the dude himself because he's oh. just this man drifting through life, yeah. you know, just go, he's going with the flow. He's I never just thought a tumbleweed of it that way. in the wind. I never thought of it that way. I'm very happy that you brought that up. He's um, the laziest man in LA. After purchasing his carton of milk, um, could anybody tell me what happens when he gets home? The man gets jumped. <laughs> he does. Like right when he walks right in the door. He gets in. Where's the effing money, shithead? <laughs> He's dunking him in the toilet. One thing like, I loved when they dunk him in the toilet, he spills all of his milk. <laughs> he just, oh yeah, he wrote a check for 65 cents for her. <laughs> he writes a check for his milk. He's getting dunked and he's like, where's the money? He's, he says, dunk me again. I think I've seen it down there. Yeah. <laughs> it's right in there. And uh, he's getting questioned about his wife spending money all over town. They owe him money. And yeah. he's like, I don't have a wife. Do I look like a guy with a wife in this? The toilet seat's up, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, something horrible happens. Oh, yeah. As they're, um, as they're like doing all this and asking, demanding for the money. Um, a man is standing in his main room, and he is urinating on the dude's rug. The rug that, it ties the whole room together. It's an important ties rug to him. Together. Now, a very good uh, centerpiece. That is a very important point, because that is what starts this entire debacle the dude's going to get sucked into. Um, after some explanation, saying, I'm not the, I'm not the Lebowski you're looking for. I'm the dude. And he's like, I think one of the dudes, one of the guys who was jumping him is like, hey, does this guy look like a millionaire? And they look around and it really is a rowdy apartment. It's not, or maybe it's a house. I think it's a house, but it's very rowdy. Obviously, it's not a It's like a condo thing. Because he is like a landlord that asks him yeah, for yeah, rent does. still. That's true. He does. He does. You can still rent, though, while having a house. No, you can't. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Jeez. Uh, but anyways, this all, they basically agree, yeah, he's not the guy, and they leave, um, and his rug is just left pissed on, and his day is ruined. 
Then the song The Man in Me by Bob Dylan plays, and I think it's a great fit for the movie. I love this it song is. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's playing as people are... It's basically shots of people bowling at a bowling alley, and it's honestly, it's so simple, yet it's so... Mm, I love to watch it. So simple, yet so divine. So oh, divine. Yeah. And what does Donnie do? Yeah, Donnie is played by Steve Buscemi, and Mm -hmm. that was the first of many people where I'm like, whoa, he's in this movie? Yeah. All I really knew was uh, Jeff Bridges and John Goodman were in it. (laughs) And I do gotta gotta say, the the title card is one of my favorite title cards I've seen. Just like the neon bowling lights you know oh yeah oh yeah that color and it just looks so retro but so well well done i think it's very important to note that donnie bowls a strike in the beginning it's his first bowl it's an obvious strike and he goes i'm shooting rocks tonight (laughs) and sits down with the guys the dude talking about the rug yeah, yeah that got pissed on. And I gotta Donnie say, walks in, they don't appreciate him joining in on their conversation. No. They seem to never <laughs> like Donnie. I was gonna say, I feel like uh, at that scene, that's um, you two. Uh, I feel like Walter is Matt and Dean is Donnie when he goes, you know, are you honestly, listening to the dude's story, Donnie? And then uh, Donnie's like, well, uh, no. And he's like, then you have no frame of reference here, Donnie. <laughs> Forget about it, Donnie. You're out of your element. That's whenever <laughs> Dean uh, tries to join in on a conversation. Yeah, I honestly these... already made that connection, too. Yeah, a lot of these scenes, I didn't want to say it because I didn't want anyone to be like, what are you talking about? But a lot of the scenes where it's just the three of them hanging out, I do see a lot of Drew as the dude, me <laughs> yeah, as I Walter, say, I feel Dean like it's as us. Don. <laughs> I see the dynamic. <laughs> It's very accurate. <laughs> While um, discussing the rug, yeah. um, it is revealed that um, the Lebowski that the men originally were looking for that jumped them is actually a rich man of the town. Yes, another Lebowski, but not the dude. So the the people that want the money got the two mixed up. Yes. So they so they suggest to him that he should go demand the the quote unquote big Lebowski to pay the guys and get him a new rug. And I'm sorry to say, Christian, if you're listening, but <laughs> when they when the dude goes to Mr. Lebowski at his house, his what is he, a butler? or? Uh, yeah, I'd see him as a butler. That's a good word. I get strong Christian vibes. I don't know if it's the blonde hair. <laughs> I know most of the listeners aren't going to know Christian, but Christian, who's listening, knows. And Christian, I, you are that man. It's Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. That's sad. You're you're a butler, Christian. Not yeah. sad. It's just I like the character. No, I think I'm he just saying be it's funny. sad because Philip Seymour Hoffman passed away. Did he did that guy? Yeah. No. Yes. He passed away in 2014. Well, shoot. Whoa. 
Rest what is? Peace. I mean, do you mind if I ask how? Uh, keep talking. I'll look into. Okay. It. Um, dang, that put me down. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ooh, the so they're at the rich man's estate, and um, the rich man's obviously got a bunch of uh, awards or like um things to flaunt on his wall. He's got the key to Pasadena. I don't know why, but he does. Um, he's also got a lot of pictures of him shaking hands with people and the dude is just walking and, and admiring them, um, explains he doesn't remember most of college and, um, he passed away of an overdose. No, Dang, that's yeah. rough. Yes. That is rough. The butler away. goes, uh, ha, 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 ha. you never went to college. You never went to college. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. He says, what is it, he's smoking tie sticks or something like that? I don't even know what he said. Um, But then the Lebowski finally shows up, Mr. Lebowski. Um, And I I, want to say real quick, I really love the shot where he enters the office and he's just staring in the reflective Times magazine. Yeah, I was uh, just going to say that. I like that shot a lot. That's cool. I want that mirror. Yeah, I know, right? It's cool. (laughs) But yeah, Mr. Uh, Lebowski steps in, and they're he's they're basically talking over the rug. He's Mr. or the dude is telling Mr. Lebowski about what happened. The people are mistaking him for what, and he wants to be compensated for his rug. Um, does anybody know what the rich man replies with? No. Uh, so I like it word for word. I remember I liked it too, but I don't remember what he said. Was it, are you employed, Mr. Lebowski? Oh, there's that too. He's unemployed. But he also goes, every time a rug is micurated on, I have to compensate for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The dude, the dude minds. This aggression will not stand, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the dude. His dudeness. Um, and then the meeting's over, and then what happens next? So he leaves to he he's leaving the house, and the butler, he's like, "How'd it go?" And he's like, "Oh, good." He said, "I could just take any rug in this place." <laughs> uh, it works. They don't ask the man for any. They don't ask the big Lebowski for any confirmation, and he's got two guys carrying the rug out for him. Drew, share your thoughts on Bunny. Bunny comes up next. Uh, well, she's an attractive young dame, but uh, she wants her toes blown on, which I'm not into that. I don't know how I feel about that. That scene made me think of you, Drew, because I know how much you'd kill to blow on a young dame's toes. Well, you see, that's that's just not true. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Um, A quote I remembered uh, from um, that meeting with the big, the rich Lebowski. Uh, I forgot I love when he says, I hope one day my wife can live on her allowance, which is ample. (laughs) Which which is ample. (laughs) Is is this the only time in the whole movie we actually see Bunny? I don't know. No, you get swimming later on, I guess. You get snippets. Um, yeah. she makes, 
very suggestive comments towards the dude um, offering some services for only a thousand dollars. Now, I wanted to ask you guys: Do you Ooh. consider that cheap? Uh, no discount for uh, the dude. Discount for the dude? Well, the dude is unemployed and late on rent, so I'm guessing he Ooh. could not afford it. I don't he think does he can say afford it. No. He does consider going to the ATM afterwards. He, he does her. say that, yeah. But what money is in... How much money do you think is in the dude's bank account? A couple dollars. Yeah. yeah. Enough for <laughs> gas. He does a lot of driving in this He movie. does. Well, gas was cheap then. Probably enough... Gas was like or a uh, a pot addiction. Seventy cents a gallon, something like that. I don't know. Uh, let me look that up. That's a fun fact to know. Gas okay. was around a uh, dollar six in nineteen ninety eight oh. when this came out. A gallon. So, but is I the movie like in a third of what we have now? Woohoo! I guess the movie could be. Yeah, yeah. the movie probably is in nineteen ninety eight because there is that Corvette. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so they're we're done the meeting bowling. Bonnie. They're back at the bowling alley, of course. Over Matt? the line! <laughs> this is the iconic scene of Smokey. Walter pulling the gun. Smokey steps over the line when bowling, and Walter, he's saying the market zero, and Smokey's like, no man, I wasn't over the line. Market zero. And then he's like, no, oh, and then he pulls the gun out. And he's like, market zero. And it just keeps going like that. And he's like, you think I'm crazy? Cocks the gun. Market zero. He's pointing it at Smokey's head. And Smokey's just like, he bends over. He marks it zero. And he goes, all right, it's F and zero. You happy? You crazy? Smokey, my friend, you're entering a world of pain. As he pulls out his pistol. Yeah. I love you're that. entering a world of pain. <laughs> then, then when that's all over, he puts the gun back away. It's just the game, Smokey. <laughs> the dude is begging Walter to calm down, but Walter does not. No, doesn't even not. hear him. Uh, I gotta say, I love this movie's use of color, like especially in the bowling alley scenes and stuff. I feel like the whole movie in general, though, just has like a lot of neon and pastel colors. Yeah. It's got kind of its own look to it. It's really cool. The movie, the way it looks, feels like my memories. Like how yeah. I look back on things. That's yeah, a good way yeah. to put it. I, I like that. That is a good way of putting it. It's got a um, nostalgic look to it. Oh, for sure, for sure. Afterwards, they're outside of the bowling alley, obviously, because Walter had pulled a gun, and they're and discussing... I want to talk about yes, Walter yes. for a second. Yeah, you're, you can, you can. Because he is a Vietnam veteran. And he, is. He, he loves everyone to know it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He puts it into all of his life experiences. And that he self true. inserts himself onto all of the dude's problems and usually makes them worse. But he usually does. I did notice, though, as the, my second time watching the movie, it feels like. I mean, he has a right. It, I'm pretty sure he does screw up the dude's plan, but the dude usually is the first to, like, raise his voice, I think. 
Weirdly enough. I don't know. I'd have to pay closer attention. I, to I do kind of agree with that, but I feel like the dude uh, has good merit behind He's, that. He does have good merit. He's yeah. getting frustrated. The dude um, is usually first to de-escalate, though. Once Walter gets going, he he just rises. Yeah. And uh, I I get the gist. The dude is used to a more chill lifestyle than what's been happening in you know the past 24 yeah. hours or so of his life. But yeah, they're they're outside of the alley while they're talking in the car about the situation. Um, you see police officers pull up to the bowling alley and they storm inside with guns drawn because Walter had his gun out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Then we're at home at the dude's place and he's got phone messages going through the phone. Um. And the landlord shows up. Tell me about the landlord. I just, this isn't about the landlord, but I just want to say real quick that I love how the dude has a poster of Richard Nixon bowling above his he bar does. area. <laughs> or at least you I think taking, it's Richard Nixon. You are taking all my good stuff, man. I love that post. <laughs> dude, I kind of want to get that post. <laughs> I'm sure I love it. <laughs> and, but before the landlord shows up, he's listened to some messages on his phone, and one's from Smokey yeah. saying, like, uh, I know it's not your fault, man, but we are gonna submit a complaint to the league about Walter. Oh yeah, <laughs> pulling a gun out on me. Oh, uh, so you might just want to forfeit. But yeah, the landlord shows up, and I mean, he I'm kind of indifferent towards him. The landlord is very submissive to the dude, yet he is still his landlord. Yeah, so, something about him. He just seems very on edge, and his voice is all shaky. And then he asks if he's still coming to his dance performance. He got the venue he wanted. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the opposite of the landlord in the Spider-Man trilogy. Yeah, pretty much. But then, yeah, the landlord tells him he's like, um, tomorrow's the 10th. And the dude's like, far out, or something like that. Far out. And then he's like, you can just slip the rent under my door. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 sure, sure. And then the guy's like, okay, and just shyly walks away. Um, I'm pretty, Does he get a phone call that tells him that he needs to go back to Mr. Lebowski? Yes. Yeah. So they go back, and the, um, is there ever a name for the butler guy? Uh, I think there is. There but... is. One second. One second. His name is Brant. Brant? Oh, Brant. yeah, yeah, Brant. So Brant's with the dude, and they're walking down uh, Mr. Lebowski's estate hallways, and he's he's obviously, like, upset for the big Lebowski. Like, he kind of mirrors the emotions that um, Mr. Lebowski uh, ha- experiences. And he's talking to the dude, and he's like, he's in the library, in seclusion. <laughs> In seclusion. <laughs> and they go in the library, and um, what do you want to explain the vibes going on right now in that library? Seems tense, but um, the dude sparks up a J anyway. Yeah, mind if I do a J? While the, <laughs> this is while Mr. Lebowski is like explaining why he's so upset. Um, Bunny has supposedly, supposedly been kidnapped, and... Um, Mr. Lebowski, um, is basically rambling on about that and hands the dude a ransom note. And while 
during that, he's saying how strong men cry. Strong men cry. And One that's of my what... favorite things about every interaction between these two is how the big Lebowski always calls the dude Lebowski. Yeah, and the dude always corrects him and just goes, dude. dude. <laughs> and he's just like, what? They're like Never complete mind. polar opposites of each other, which is They great. really are. But he... Does any, did anybody catch what the ransom note says? I wrote it down. Oh, I did not. What does it I, say? I saw what it said, but I did not um, pay that we, close attention. We have Bunny gather $1 million in unmarked, non-consecutive 20s. Await instructions. No funny stuff. And the dude reads it, and he goes, Bummer. And Mr. Lebowski goes, Huh? And the dude, this is a bummer, man. this movie is incredibly funny why was the dude picked for this though uh well brant pulls him outside and he's telling him uh that the people who took bunny are the same people that pissed on his rug the really nice one that really pulled the room together uh and they want him to be the one to bring the kidnappers the money and get Bunny back. They want him to be the transaction guy, and they're going to give him $20,000 to do it. This is true. This is true. And they hand him a... I don't know if you... I didn't know if I heard you right or not. They hand him a phone and a briefcase. The briefcase supposedly holds the money. Are we actually there yet, or is that later? I, I don't think, think so. I that's think that's my later. mistake. That's my mistake. That's no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not mad. Okay. And then Going we go to the on. bowling alley and get the close-up of Jesus licking oh, the bowling yeah. ball. He and is a character of his own. I love how the Mexican version of Hotel California starts playing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love the, yeah. the Spanish version. Yeah, yeah it's great. <laughs> Um, yeah. I, I didn't even realize it was that song until you hear it go Hotel California or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, but um, Jesus is obviously phenomenal at bowling. He bowls a strike, of course. And what does he do when he bowls the strike? He does a little dance. He does a little dance. And this dance. Good one. Oh, it's a good dance. I want to see everyone dance like this after they bowl. Um, he, he also blows Don a kiss, which is very sweet. He blows Donnie a kiss. Everybody's watching him as he walks away. Honestly, Donnie was like looking away, and it's like he's magnetically drawn to look at Jesus because he just looks over. Like he looks like he wasn't listening. He knew. Um, but they talk about how Jesus is a pervert, and yes, he he's a pedo he, man. Yeah, he's a pedo, and he had to move here because he exposed himself to an eight-year-old and had to tell everyone he was a sex offender. Yeah, it's the way it goes. It's the way it goes if you're a sex offender. Come on, Jesus. Um, In the clip, it's a flashback of him telling everybody in town that he is a sex offender. Um, It's very obvious he's about to get his behind whooped when he opens the door. And the man he has to tell is obviously, um, I don't know, you want to say uh, very uh, conservative? <laughs> the man that's beating up Jesus? 
Well, he looks like he's going to beat him up because it's just like this big dude who comes I mean, to the door. He's, he's a big blue collar boy. For some reason, he's holding a beer. You get an instant vibe of, yeah, this man is not, uh, this, he's not going to take it well. No, yeah. no. Um, I did but, too much door to door work to know that. Did anybody catch why they're talking about Lenin for a bit? Vladimir Lenin or whatever? Walter just says it's like Lenin said. He's quoting yeah. Lenin. He's quoting, and then um, he's like, what do you say or something? And Donnie must have heard him wrong because he repeats like five times, I am the walrus. I am the walrus. <laughs> I and am the walrus. Finally, Walter goes, Lenin, L-E-N-I-N. <laughs> wrong Lenin. Yeah, Donnie, Donnie gets the Lenins mixed up. Reasonable mistake, you know. Yeah. They're talking about Bunny missing, and Walter, like, takes offense to this. Like, um, he gets Vietnam Connection again, saying that... I, I did he, not watch my buddies die. Yeah, face <laughs> down in the muck for this... <laughs> what, what, uh, this girl to go prancing around, kidnapping herself. Yeah. And yeah. the dude is like, there is no connection to <laughs> Vietnam. Walter, well, <laughs> not, not a literal connection. No, there is no connection. <laughs> yeah, Walter, if there's anything you can be sure of when you're talking about Walter, is that he will find a connection to Vietnam. Yeah. He will, he will. Um, Jesus walks up and interrupts them, telling them that he's going to kick their asses. Um, he says it a lot more uh, in a vulgar tone, but... Yeah, we are kind of dumbing down on the language. This there is, is a, a very hard-rated R movie, so yeah. excuse us, but we're gonna, we're gonna keep it PG here. We're, we're keeping 13. it... PG-13, sorry. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, Jesus tells them that. And I love the next shot, which is the dude's back at home and he's laying on the floor and he's listening to a tape and it's just people bowling on the tape. Like all you hear is a roll and a strike and people cheer. Did you catch how the tape is? What is it? The tape is labeled. What is it? I saw Uh, it. Side A is Venice Beach League Playoffs 1987. And nice. side B is Bob. I don't know what Bob is. Bob. Bob. He must have been great, man. I uh, I love the next shot when there's just a bunch of people standing above him and he gets just straight up clocked in the face. And that transition is amazing with the yeah, fireworks and work to the, fireworks, the, fire to the oh, city yeah. lights to city lights. It's got a sound of a strike when he gets punched too, I'm pretty sure. And then yep. he's riding in the skies on his carpet. His yeah. he's he's fantasy. floating and he's, he's following like a lady on a carpet. Oh, yes. Um but then then there's a shot I didn't like which is inside a bowling ball as it's rolling. Made me a little dizzy, not gonna lie. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, um, he, yeah, he's floating, and then a bowling ball appears, and he grabs it, and he flies down, and then he's on like a ball return in a bowling alley, and the ball rolls over him, and he sticks into the ball hole, and then I'm assuming he just rolls down the oh, oh. alleyway. I was kind of curious if I wasn't 
catch it, but I was curious if maybe the person rolling that ball in that dream had any significance. Because you can get a quick glimpse of them on the like on the first roll, because somebody rolled the ball. I don't know if I caught the roller of the ball. I, I never not. did. I tried to, and I didn't catch it. But I, it would be interesting if, if we did know who that was. Um, but, anyways... Hmm. I might be a little off. I'm saying next up is the dude prepping for his mission, but doesn't he... Something happens He after his dream, right? No, he just kind of wakes up and goes right to the Lebowski's. And that's where he gets a suitcase full of money. Okay, yeah, he gets his phone and his suitcase. Um, and then he goes... That's basically just pretty much that. They explain what he's got to do, and he goes. And who does he meet? Uh, Walter decides he's coming with him. Yes. Take the ringer, man. Yeah, the ringer, dude. <laughs> and he's driving. Now, Dean, it's time for that game. What car are they driving? I didn't look into that. I mean, I you probably... You don't know what the dude's car is? I wasn't focused as hard on the cars. In this really? One. I've been yeah. uh, disappointed, um, to say the least. I mean, we could probably look it up if you want. Uh, I'll um, look up. I'll take your I do, I do love the Credence Clearwater Revival. It's a 1973 Ford Torino. Nice. Mm. That is what he is driving. It's a four-door, to be specific. Um, his car is like a... Is it a tan? Or like a... It's like a sand color. Yeah. It, he describes it as it has... He says it has like highlights of rust. On it. Oh, yeah, highlights of rust. <laughs> um, but um, so they're driving to the pickup site where they're gonna exchange the money for Bunny. And uh, what's the so, ringer? Yeah, the ringer. The dude opens the ringer, and it's full of nothing but underwear. And Walter explains that they're going to, instead of giving them the million dollars, they're going to give them the underwear, get Bunny, and take the million dollars for themselves. It's his dirty undies. The whites. <laughs> but either way, they get the phone call, and he picks it up and um, basically confirms it's the dude and then he, he just right off the bat says, where do you want us to go? And yeah. they were very specific to yeah. not have anyone ex anyone other than the dude join. It was supposed to be just the dude. Yep, one dude. He says us, and the person on the phone goes, us? And then the dude's like, shit. And he's like, what is, <laughs> oh, is he, he telling, screwed up. Is he telling Walter he screwed it up? Well, yeah. once he once I think once he goes, shit, I think Walter knows, or he goes like, uh, "I'm, I'm dude, at me are you and the driver." Oh yeah, but he he does say me and the driver, and then yeah. that alone wasn't good. So then, um, they hang up on him, and then I think he's saying, "You screwed it up," <laughs> and moment passes, and they call back, and he's like, "Okay," and they take the phone. And they instruct them to throw the bag over the bridge. And this was after Walter was explaining his plan. Does anybody, did anybody get what Walter's version of the plan was? He yeah. kind of wanted to go and swoop up Bunny guns blazing. 
Yeah, and this goes against the plan because they told them don't stop, just throw the money. Yeah, they said um they said they needed to get he the dude tells him that Bunny's not there and then um Walter's like get this. Um I'll grab him and I'll beat it out of him. And then they call and they're like throw it over the bridge and the dude tells Walter to throw it over the bridge and Walter's like we can't do that, dude. That messes up our plan. <laughs> that messes up our plan. I don't know. I guess they follow through with it. I don't know. They're just getting near the bridge. He's like, this is where it is, well, and then things get hectic. Yeah, they're arguing over which bag to throw, because Walter still wants to throw the undies. Yeah. Uh, well, the dude wants to give him the money. Yeah. And they do end up throwing the underwear. Against the dude's will. And then they yes. get past the bridge, and Walter... But then, uh, yeah, Walter <laughs> decides he wants to turn plan. around with the Uzi. Yeah, he says, he, he maybe he's like, take the wheel or grab the Uzi. And dude's like, Uzi? And it's like this package that he carried with him, you don't know what it was until then. And I think the Uzi, like, gets thrown out the car on somehow, and it just Walter ends up rolls shooting. out of the car with the Uzi. The Uzi drops from his hand and, like, starts going <laughs> off and takes out one of the tires of the yeah, car. It just shoots off the dude's car. And then it's all over. The people who were doing the phone call are driving away on motorcycles. It's obviously over. The dude's still driving. He's like, we have the bag. And then it's over, and Walter goes, screw it, dude. Let's go bowling. Let's go bowling. Classic. Uh, Well, they're just bowling, and the dude expresses his concerns because he's like, they're going to kill that girl. And Walter seems to have completely forgotten about it at this point. (laughs) Because he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, "The, the, the girl, man. The poor woman. And then... Uh, Walter's like, you said it yourself. She kidnapped herself. He's like, I think she kidnapped herself. So Walter doesn't really uh, think anything went wrong. Walter already set his mind on that idea. He's 100% convinced of that already. And we shouldn't forget Donnie's there. Donnie's there. He's just being Donnie. He's just quiet. Um, I'm pretty sure Donnie, if if it's this scene, he may. There's a scene where Donnie's just like in between the dude's folded arms. Like you just see his face in between the dude's arms. I don't know if that was supposed to show that Donnie's like just kind of stuffed in the back or not. Mm. But um, this is the time where Walter explains um, because um, I think someone, maybe it's Donnie who tells him, but someone yeah, Donnie tells him asks. they bowl Saturday. And Walter says, can't do that. It's Saturday's Shabbos. Shomer Shabbos. And um, he's, Walter's saying he told that prick who's scheduling that I can't bowl on Shabbos. Doesn't roll on Saturdays. He doesn't even drive. Yeah, doesn't even drive, doesn't even turn the oven on. He's a committed man. He's a committed Jew. Good for um, him. They end up there as they're walking out of the alleyway and they're saying they're going to, the men are going to kill that poor woman. I love how Walter's like, they're going to kill the woman. And then he like starts waving his arms around to all the strangers around him. (laughs) They're going to kill the poor woman. (laughs) Then they, they step outside and what happened to the dude's car? He's gone. He got towed. 
It was parked in the handicap. It got stolen, not towed. Walter says it got towed because they are in a handicap spot. (laughs) Walter, you know it wasn't towed. But then, yeah, obviously the dude's filing a police report about it um, at his house with some police officers. And he's explaining that in the car stolen, um, they ask if there's any valuables. And he says uh, some Credence tapes. And... And a briefcase. And they're like, what's in the briefcase? Uh, Uh, Just some some papers. Just some business papers. (laughs) What do you do for a job? Oh, yeah. I'm unemployed. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot. I didn't realize that part. Um, And then he says, my rug was also stolen. And then the lady calls, and she's, like, explaining who she is. This is Maude. Um, I'm the one that stole your rug. And then the police officers are like, wow, guess we can close the file on that one. And then we go to her place, and this is the horror part. The horror? The horror part. obviously one of the men that she explains is um, afraid of this kind of art. Yeah, are you afraid horror. of well, he walks in form? it's dimly lit and there's this creepy music and he's looking around at all these weird paintings and then you just hear <gasps> coming from above and you see this flailing human figure just spraying paint below and the dude lets out a yelp <laughs> I can yeah. imagine the yelp yeah um, she's like in a in a harness, ziplining across the room, just flailing paintbrushes. She's completely nude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, she gets let down. She says she's going to meet him. And when they finally meet, um, they do connect the term. I'm just going to get this out of the way now. They connect the term Johnson to the, the, the man's wanger. <laughs> yes. Do you like sex, Mr. Lebowski? Coitus. Coitus. <laughs> and um, then she shows him a porno. Yeah, she, she claims Bunny impulsively engages in coitus. And they play the porno log jamming starring um, Carl Hungus. Carl <laughs> <laughs> Hungus. Uh, yeah, so they're both nymphomaniacs. Uh, and this woman, what's her name? Uh, Maud. Maud. Yeah, Maud is convinced because Bunny is technically her stepmother that Bunny kidnapped herself. Hmm. Interesting. She Which does is claim a hypothesis that famously Walter also has. She claims that the million dollars um, that was in the briefcase was actually drawn. From Mr. Lebowski's Urban Achiever, Achievers Foundation, which earlier in the movie it's explained that Mr. Lebowski um, has a foundation of uh, basically, I guess, urban school students. Um, they specifically say uh, kids not expected to um, make it to college, but if they do, he's going to pay their full ride. Now she's saying he took a million dollars from that foundation for the job yes um there's also multiple claims over his jaw like uh how's your jaw 
Um, so obviously that's from when he got cracked when he was listening to the bowling tape. His jaw must have gotten hurt. Um, she gives him a jock doctor's note, says to meet the doctor, and makes sure she says that he's very thorough. And very he thorough. is. He is very thorough. Um, but he doesn't go see a doctor. No, not yet. Not yet. They go. He's pretty much at this point on a limo ride back home. Um, and a guy asks him, who's your friend in the VW at the end of the ride? And it turns out there was a Volkswagen Beetle following them the whole way. Mm. And what happens next? Uh, he gets pulled into a different limousine, which from one limo to another. <laughs> yep. Uh, which has yes. Brant and the Lebowski. Big Lebowski in it, and they kind of let him know that they know what's going on. Like they know. Yeah, they that, confront him about the money. Yeah, you know that he gave the people the underwear. And he's uh, um, the dude tells him his theory about how Bunny kidnapped herself and that she's just trying to get more of his money. And they give the dude something. Um, I I want to say when they first start talking in the limo, um, and they're explaining, they're like basically telling the dude, you screwed it up. Um, the dude's like, nothing screwed up, man. And then Big Lebowski goes, the plane has crashed into the mountain. <laughs> and then the dude like keeps trying to explain it, but he's doing a really bad job. He just goes, yeah. uh, what in God's holy name are you blabbering about? Yeah. Cause he keeps talking like, um, uh, you know, it, it's, um, it, it, uh, what in God's holy name are you blabbering? Oh, that was great. But yeah, they this hand him a package. This movie is so quotable. I love it. It is. It I is. feel like I'm going to be <laughs> quoting this one for a while. But yeah, Matt, they handed him a package. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of explaining, the Big Lebowski's explaining how... Uh, he prefers it in cash. He, yeah, he <laughs> knows that he has the money still in the car that's now been stolen. And he's unwrapping this, like, cotton... And inside of it is a toe. And <laughs> that nice. is Bunny's toe. With nail polish. Yes, the yeah. same nail polish that he blew on earlier of Bunny's. And then we get to the toe scene. They're at a diner, Walter and the dude talking over the toe. The dude's claiming it's her toe, but Walter thinks it's a replacement toe. Um, basically saying... Amateurs. I if you want a toe, I can get you a toe by three thirty. Uh, yeah, nail polish too. <laughs> you um, know how easy it is to get a toe. <laughs> um, he blows up. I think about Vietnam again. I didn't catch yeah. why he does. Um, Dave, you know why? Isn't it because of? Unless I'm thinking of a different part because um, the waitress is telling him to calm down or the woman behind the counter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The waitress is telling him that he's like, they're in a family restaurant because he's been cursing out loud so much. And I think during his, he's like rambling about fighting for this country. And then during that, the dude just leaves and he's like, don't leave, dude. I'm staying. The dude, he's like fighting back off. against the waitress. 
saying how like the Supreme Court denies his specific rights or something. And oh yeah. The dude just goes, Come on, Walter, this is not a First Amendment thing, man. <laughs> this is not a First Amendment thing, man. And yeah, the dude leaves and Walter decides he's going to stay and enjoy his coffee. Just like, enjoying my coffee. Yeah. It's obviously the, awkward. The dude decides to take a nice bath with some whale sounds. It's really beautiful. I'm happy for him. And he's uh, using a good old roach clip in the bathtub. Oh, yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, he's in the bath. And um, then some some new men break in. And what's going on when these men break in? They're just smashing up all of his shit. I yeah. want to say this might be my favorite scene in the whole movie. Love it. He just peeks over the bathtub. And they just see him. They're just staring at each other, and they just approach him. And I do like before this happened. I forgot to say, right before the dudes broke in, he did get a call on his phone that says they recovered his vehicle, and he's like, far out, man, far <laughs> out. And then they bust in and start smashing everything. Oh. And a dude walks into the bathroom with something on a leash, and at first I thought this was like a small dog, but it turns out to be a marmot, which... Uh, That's what the I've... dude calls it. I thought a ferret or something. Yeah, yeah, well, I definitely like think it's a ferret, but it's a marmot a uh, different name for a ferret. He just looks know, at I it and goes, like, oh, nice marmot. Maybe <laughs> a marmot looks more like a gopher. It's a completely different animal. Maybe that's the point. Maybe that's <laughs> yeah, the joke. We're not getting it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, that's much funnier. Okay, yeah. so a guy walks in with a ferret. And he goes, nice marmot. And the guy just picks up the ferret and just tosses it in the tub with him. Yeah, but he's like, he's like wailing in, yeah. in the tub. <laughs> he's just Yo, kicking he's the marmot around. It's, so it's literally like clawing at his genitalia. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame him. Um, but then, yeah, the men are threatening him. They need the money, or we cut off your Johnson. <laughs> we cut off your Johnson. He looks the dudes, terrified by that. I mean, they mention it enough in the movie where I should say that these men have thick German accents, and these are German men. Um, they just say it enough to where I feel like it should be described. But um, afterwards, the scene. Um, it looks like the dude's getting in his car. In his um, car at, yeah, at the at the lot with Repo all the center. Yep, and obviously the police ain't helping him well when he asks if they have any leads, and the guy just laughs. Leads. <laughs> um, the dude's like, "What's that smell?" Which, knowing who took the car later, I'm kind of I'm gonna I'm gonna touch back on that smell thing later on. Um, anyways, so car and the three men are at the, I'm hearing myself echo. Is that bad? Yeah, I'm guessing so. I'm not I'm hearing, hearing any echo. I'm hearing it through Drew. Yeah, I'm guessing it's Drew. That doesn't make any sense because I'm, I'm just listening through my headset. Wait, it's not hello? going anymore. Hello? Hello? Okay, hello? hello? Okay. Back okay. to it. Back to it. Uh, 
So I have written the three men at the bowling bar discussing the men breaking in. Yeah. They tend uh, to let Donnie speak when he's asking a question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Donnie uh, is allowed to be inquisitive. The dude's letting him know that they're going to cut off his Johnson if he doesn't get them the money soon. Oh, and yeah. They're, Walter, he's they're panicking, at the bowling bro. alley bar. And I would be too. Yeah. And Walter's just trying to reassure him that everything is okay. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure. So, Walter being the uh, stonehead he is or whatever, um, he calls the Germans Nazis. And yeah. that. He says nothing changes. Donnie takes it seriously, and Donnie goes, they were actually Nazis, dude. And then Walter's like, well, yeah, they were threatening mutilation, dude. (laughs) And, um, do they step away? There's a point. Yeah, they step away, and Sam Elliott sits down next to the dude. Yeah. The narrator himself. The old-timey music also plays again, too. Yeah, and he goes, "Do you have any of that good sarsaparilla?" <laughs> and then the guy at the bar goes, "So city sarsaparilla?" And then he goes, "Yeah, that's a good one." <laughs> the good Sometimes stuff. the burr well eats you. He eats you. Um, I would have no idea what he was talking about if uh, I don't have much of it. Um, if he didn't have subtitles on. Uh, but the dude says, is that some sort of Eastern thing? <laughs> he's far from it, because he's a Western guy, and that, that's a joke. Oh, yeah. That's a joke. That I never got that. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, the narrator does specifically ask the dude, um, do you need to cuss so much? And the dude says, what the F are you talking about? And uh, okay, um, dude, have it your way. Yeah, have it your way. Um, then the bowling alley phone rings, and it's for the dude. Yeah, um, and it's Maud. She wants yep. to see him. The dude meets Maud, or he goes to meet Maud. But when he steps in, it's just some random dude at first. Not the dude. It's another guy. Um, seems. He, he's he's a little flamboyant. He's yeah. He's got um his own uniqueness going on and power Something to him. About the dude is how every time he's making a drink, he's always making white Russians. Which yeah, I, I know. I love that. I the, love only, the only other thing I noticed was he asks for a Caucasian. I don't know if that's much different. I never had a Caucasian. Um, I'm not sure. He asks for that. I'm pretty sure when he's at um another estate later on. Yeah, he does. Um, I noticed that my second time watching. Beforehand, I always thought it was just a white Russian. Um, but yeah, he uh, he's meets Maud's friend. The guy explains that he's a friend of Maud's. He asks, what do you do? Nothing much. That's what we get from him. Um, yep. Does anybody else have anything to pick at this moment? Not really. It, I don't really like the mod stuff that much honestly i think it i think, I think it slows down the movie a bit too much for me i think it could be cut but well that's i just me there are there are facts added in through mod like mod explains yeah. that these german dudes made an album called and they were called autobahn 
and I'm pretty sure they're playing the album when they meet the rest of the guys at the end of the movie, too, because she mentions that their music is very techno, and they're playing techno music at the end. Um, And the artist lady also claims that uh, her stepmom um is kidnapped herself still she's still claiming yeah, that she's still on that train but he she does convince him to go see the doctor yes to yes. check out his jaw and the and doctor more. asks him to drop his pants um he's like uh no it just hit me in the jaw man but either way he has to drop his pants but then that scene cuts and we get the dude, he's jamming to Looking Out oh, My Back Door yeah. by Credence, one of his Credence tapes. And oh, he's having he a good time. That. He obviously had a great doctor's office meeting. He's yeah. back into the roof of his car, smiling and jamming. Um, as he's driving, though, he sees a Volkswagen Beetle um, behind him again. And it's the same one that's been following him throughout other parts of the story. And when he sees that, he quick tosses the J for the window, but it instead falls on his crotch. Yeah. Like <laughs> screaming, and um, he whips Pours the car a beer all over yeah. his crotch. <laughs> and the car crashes into a dumpster, and when he turns and looks, the beetle's gone. But the dude finds something in his car seat. What is that? It is a school paper. Looks like by a kid. Social studies paper. They got it a has B. the name on it. Uh, poorly graded. Like Larry graded. Sellers. Yes, Larry Sellers. Um, so the dude with this information goes to Walter, and right. Oh wait, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they go to the dance. Yeah, he's they're at, at his the, landlord's dance. The landlord's dance. Which Donnie is there. just there. I don't know if yeah. Don knows the landlord or if he's in the dance or what, but I, I dig it. Donnie must be in the some interpretive dance. I could see it. The landlord is doing some like I consider it god awful, but it's um <laughs> Like, very experimental. Caesar. Yeah, very. It's just music playing, and he's like dressed as Caesar Augustus, just doing some random movements. I don't know. I'm not an interpretive dance guy. Maybe somebody else would be able to explain it better. Um, if speaking of which, if you want uh, to explain what he's trying to say in his show, leave it in the comments. Are there comments? No, there's not comments. No. Tweet about it. Tweet about it to dial yeah. up, uh, movie club. Our club dial. Better. Um, anyways, uh, they're at the landlord show. Walter comes and meets them. And what is Walter? What did he find out about uh, Larry Sellers? Where they live. He found his dad. And his dad is? His dad is Arthur Digby Sellers, the famed writer of uh, what I would assume is his favorite TV show. Branded, which is their house is also near the In-N-Out Burger, and that's when Donnie pitches in. He just goes, they have good burgers. Shut the F up, Donnie. Yeah, pretty much. Um, And then they're talking about going to the place, and then Donnie goes, we'll be near the In-N-Out Burger. And then, yeah, shut up, Donnie. And then we'll go get the kid. We'll find out what we need, and then we'll go get some burgers, some beers, and this whole thing will be over with. Yeah. We're in the clear, man. Yeah. Um, 
they pull up to Larry's house in the dude's car. And the and dude it's sees not a- looking good. His car. Oh yeah, his car is uh his car is not being shape, held together. He's looking out the window at this house they're going to, and there's a brand new Corvette parked out front. And the dude goes, Oh man, he spent all the money, man. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. Walter clarifies that it wasn't all the money. If anything, there's still nine hundred thousand left at uh at least. Yeah. And they go in the house and what kind of condition is Arthur in? He's in an, uh, some sort of the lungs of steel. The yeah. iron lung. Yeah. Breathing yeah. <laughs> apparatus. You know, to see nonetheless. Walter is excited to see him. Yeah. And he goes, and they're standing how there. Much, how big of a fan they are of his work. There's a until, solid. Yeah. There's a solid point of the iron lung breathing going. You obviously, obviously, Arthur is not very communicative. And yeah. Walter goes, and a good day to you, sir. Yeah, he just <laughs> <bounced> <laughs> it. But yeah, they're t- they were talking about um, how they're huge fans. Walter is like giddy, like he's yeah. met his idol. Um, they ask for Larry. Um, the mom says, the police are here to see you. Oh, no, ma'am, we didn't want to give that uh, image, but... It's up to Walt. It's up to Larry if uh, the police will need to be called or not. Yes. And uh, how does that conversation with Larry go? Uh, Larry does stone not speak a him. word. <laughs> he stonewalls him. Uh, Walter shows off the incriminating evidence of his homework left in the dude's car, and he's just not talking. Even when Walter's explaining how. Uh, he goes, have you ever heard of Vietnam? You're yeah. about to enter a world of pain. And <laughs> Walter's Walter. just getting fed up. He runs outside and just starts trashing the Corvette. Yeah, he says, um, and you might want to take neighbors. a look outside, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Got a language problem back there. Little brat stonewalled me. He grabs a crowbar from the dude's car. <laughs> <laughs> it just starts wrecking the Corvette, but it turns out it's not even Larry's. Yeah, yeah. some random guy runs up. And, and then destroys the Walter with the crowbar. <laughs> yeah, he trashes the dude's car. It's a whole thing. Yeah, they get in and out. Yeah, they get in yeah, and out. They do. Um, and they're just driving with no windshield. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Yeah, uh, the dude's at home. I was going to say, driving without a windshield, I would be concerned, because you ever have car glass break, it gets everywhere. Yeah, I was and just going to say, they're not, definitely sitting on glass. Not to mention <laughs> all of the bugs that would get in your mouth. Oh, yeah. Mm. That was probably a rough drive. Um, but they get, uh, the dude gets home, and he gets a call from Walter, and he's on the phone, and he goes... Yes, the car made it home. You're calling me at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get in a fight. They're talking about uh or they're talking about how Walter's kind of messing everything up. Yeah, he's screwing it all up. The dude's telling him just leave him alone, and then you just hear him go, Yeah, I'll be at practice. Contradicting everything he just said. Yeah. <laughs> so 
And also the dude's setting up, he's nailing a board to the ground to place yeah. a chair against the door yeah. so no one else can break in. He's bracing the stuff. door. And then the door just opens and the chair falls to the ground. It opens in the wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I laughed so hard when I saw that. Oh, but it's the, it's, it's, it's the original guys. It's the same guys. guys as the first scene. Yeah, from the beginning. Yeah. And they basically uh, kidnap him and take him to Jackie Treehorn's estate, which he's the guy who directed the classic log jamming. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we get that transition of a naked woman on a trampoline. Very interesting. One dude, his I always notice his eyes are wide. Like the dude, yeah, I know like he's, he's the dude that's helping bounce the trampoline or whatever. He is it enjoying is. it, yeah. Um, and but anyways, he meets with yep. he meets with uh, what's his name? He meets with uh, Carl yeah. Hungus, and the first thing he asks for is a white Russian, which respect sure. our, respect again. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's Jackie Treehorn he meets and Carl. Yeah, Hunger I thought, it, I is, thought it was No, oh, you're right, you're right. I'm stupid. It's okay. Hey, it's okay. It's Jackie Treehorn. Um, but yeah, he asked for the white Russian, or I maybe I guess it is a white Russian. I don't know. I thought that's when he asked. He also he asked. He gets a white Russian. Yeah. Um, but then there's some talk, and I don't know. There's this some discussion. Um, Jackie Treehorn expresses that he knows the dude is just mixed in all this. It's not the dude's fault. And he gets a call. He gets a phone call. And Jackie Treehorn uh, goes to pick up the phone. And the dude's watching him. And he's like on the phone. And as he's talking on the phone, this was after Jackie Treehorn told Echo. Echo. I hear Echo again. Oh, it's gone. Oh. Ah, ba, ba, ba. Okay, so Jackie Treehorn goes on the phone, and this is right after um, Jackie Treehorn said that they, he doesn't know where the girl is. He doesn't know where Bonnie is, and the dude doesn't believe him. Jackie picks up the phone, and as he's on the phone, he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. It sounds kind of serious, and he's writing down on a notepad, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then he hangs up, and he tears the note away and walks away with it and says, excuse me, and he leaves the room. And what does the dude do? Uh, probably one of the smartest things he's done thus far in the movie. Probably. Quickly gets up, runs to scribble on the notepad uh, to trace over what the dude had just, uh, the guy prior had just written down, uh, just to reveal that <laughs> he drew a, a man with dick and balls. That's all it was. That's all, was. Really all it was. It's just, it just a drawing of a naked man. <laughs> and the dude is obviously confused. Yeah. And he hears Jackie walking back. So he tears away the note and just shoves it in his pocket and runs back to the couch. And it's as if nothing happened when Jackie returns. And Jackie's like, forgive me. And the dude goes, all good, man. <laughs> and... Um, Jackie then proceeds to drug the dude, um, and as the dude is getting drugged, he's telling, he doesn't know he's getting drugged, he's just telling him, he's like, you make a strong drink, and, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, given him all the information of 
about uh about how Larry took the money and stuff. He's he's fifteen. It shouldn't be hard to get it from him. Yeah. And Jackie's like obviously upset. It's either he doesn't believe it or it's just ridiculous how that happened. But the dude falls into a dream. Do any of you have any idea? Before he falls into a dream, Jackie Treehorn and two dudes stand intently behind Jackie. And then the dude falls into a dream. And the first thing you see is a bowling pin inserting between two bowling balls. Yeah, I caught that. (laughs) What do you think happened? (laughs) Well, you know, that's a good point. I don't know. Uh, I, I, mean, wor- I worry for the dude. I worry well, for the dude, but also he was at uh, this porn producer's estate, so yeah. uh, it is assumed that the dude could have engaged in something willingly. Maybe. I mean, he was he drugged. Gets knocked he out. wasn't doing anything yeah, willingly. Yeah, right. yeah. He was willingly, but he might have been the one to engage that, that but, stuff. I want to say he has no idea ever if that is what happened because it never touches up on it. There's nothing really about it. Um, But he falls into that dream sequence. And at first, this dream is banging, man. This dream is awesome to the dude. Great musical number. Yeah. Matt, what's going on in this dream? Okay, so first he's tiptoeing down this hallway and he finds this guy who's selling bowling shoes, but the tower of bowling shoes goes up to the moon. It's eight miles high. And the guy uh, is Saddam Hussein. (laughs) Is it really? Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's awful. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So, and then he's going down the stairs and this, this huge musical number of all these girls with like, bowling pin fans on their heads and they're doing a little dance number and there's um uh a, a woman in viking armor oh, yes. yeah and then it turns scary and there's these dudes with giant pairs of scissors chasing him <laughs> and they're and dressed the in ribbons looks horrified i like to <laughs> say they're dressed in ribbons because i'm pretty sure that's why they're carrying the scissors <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up from his dream and uh, he's in a police car. He's and, running down a highway and the police yeah, car comes up. Yeah, yeah. And he gets taken to the police and the police make it very clear that they just want him to never come to that town again. His one yeah. form of ID is a Ralph's uh, <laughs> customer club card. I love that. And then the... Uh, the cop just straight up chucks his mug at the dude's head, just clanking him. Do do I make myself s- clear? I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. He just throws his mug at him. Oh, he just hugs that you thing. Fascist. <laughs> yeah, he calls him a fascist. Then, but, yeah. yeah, the dude's getting driven away in a car, and it, the taxi driver is playing the Eagles. The dude doesn't like the Eagles. Uh, how do you like Credence and not the Eagles? I feel like they're split. I feel like they're split in how I mean, they play. Credence yeah, is very different. I feel like Credence, Credence is more southern. 
But they're both classics. You can't dislike one if you like the other. Yeah, I thought I thought the dude definitely would have been an Eagles fan. Yeah. But but hey, who am I to judge? He says yeah. he hates the Eagles, and that's what gets him. The cab driver pulls over and kicks him out. Yeah. Um, him out. Janks him out GTA style. Car yep. drives past the dude. It's a red convertible, and it's. I'm pretty sure it's Bunny it listening Bunny. to some horrible cover of Viva Las Vegas. And I mean, it's terrible. I hate the song she's listening to. It's because it's. It, ah, it's it not good. Down, though, and she has all of her toes. Yep, she has yeah. all of her toes. And what does that signal? Uh, that signals oh. that someone ain't being truthful. It someone does. ain't being truthful. But um, the dude gets back to his house and immediately falls on the board he nailed down. Yeah, he trips <laughs> over it. <laughs> um, who's in his house? Uh, the uh, artist, and she wants him to love her. Yep. Wow. She That's just straight sweet. up asks for sex. And... and- Next thing is he's got another roach clip in the bedroom. Yeah, he does. And after the act, the dude is ex- uh, the so Maude is asking him um, what he does for recreation. Or um, before that, she asks him what he does, and he's just goes over a bunch of different failed uh, careers he tried. Like, um, and the one I noticed was he was a roadie for Metallica. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, he's uh, he yeah he says he worked with Metallica, and she's like, oh, and he's like, yeah, it was a roadie, and she goes, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um, then while the dude's smoking his himself, roach, uh, he gets up to make himself a white Russian. Well, he gets up because he sucks the roach in his throat on accident. Yeah, <laughs> and starts coughing uncontrollably. And all honesty, every time I see that scene, it looks like he sucks that roach in. Like at least ash goes in his mouth, yeah, and he. Knows, I, I believe be genuine. Yeah, I would believe that was a genuine happening. And he got up, and then he's up, and he makes that white Russian. Yeah. Um, and he sees Mods like holding her legs like up to her shoulders, and he's like, "What are you doing? It increases the chances of conception." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and she reveals that that's why she had him go to the doctors okay. was to make sure he was fertile. Okay, yeah, to get his let balls me felt. tell you something about the dude. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then she says that he's not intended to be in the picture, yeah. so I guess he's she okay with it. She just wants to raise a kid on her own and yeah. wanted someone who she knew wouldn't want a kid. And she also reveals at this point that uh, the her father is not rich. It's just the foundation's money. Oh. And that makes a lot of sense to the dude. Like, he has an eye-opener and starts, like, walking and talking like, I couldn't believe this. This is what happened. And he calls Walter, and he says he needs a ride. And Walter goes, can't, dude. It's, can't drive, it's, dude. It's, it's Air of Shabbos. It's Air of Shabbos. <laughs> Respect. What, get, what gets Walter to come drive him? It's an emergency. He threatens to leave the bowling team. Yeah, yeah. That's the emergency. <laughs> but then he goes outside waiting for Walter and he sees the VW guy yeah. again. This dude <laughs> turns out to be a private investigator. And I, I gotta say, I didn't like this part either. 
I there are just a couple things in this movie that I feel could have been trimmed out. I, I, I love a line that came with it, though, where he's talking about he's a private investigator for the Newtsons. And the dude's like, who the hell are the Newtsons? Oh, yeah, I and like that, too. He's like, it's Buddy's, or not Buddy's, it's Bunny's parents. And they're, like, looking for her or something. And he shows the dude a picture of some, like, in-the-middle-of-nowhere farm. And he's like, um, show this to her um, if you see her. They think it'll make her homesick. And, and the dude's like- looking at it, and he goes... How are you going to keep them down on a farm once they've seen Carl Hungus? <laughs> I also love how the photo he gives her of Bunny is like from her high school years. Like she's just in a cheerleader uniform. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, then we see, uh, we kind of see a personal shot of the German dudes who have been causing uh, havoc. Yes. And they're all in their black getup at a diner. And seems like half of them can speak English, but um, they're also kind of answering for another half that seem like they can't speak English. Uh, the gir- they have a girl with them, and she is one of them. They, uh, I'm pretty sure they a bunch of them order the lingonberry pancakes or they something. They do, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's then revealed that the girl with them is missing her toe. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she was the one with the missing toe. But yes. Walter and the dude, they go to see the big Lebowski. Walter has a van. I mean, I don't I I I didn't look up what kind of van, but I feel like I if you think of a Chevy van from back in the day, you got it. You got enough to think. You got it. Um but they're in the van and uh does anybody know the uh the uh explanation that the dude gives to Walter? Like, explaining what's going on? Mm, doesn't he's, ba- he's basically telling him. Um, yeah, he, he got everyone ticked off, right? He's and informing him that the big Lebowski, Mr. Lebowski, isn't rich, and that he... His idea is that Mr. Lebowski gave them a ringer in the first place, mm-hmm. and Walter got a ringer for a ringer, and either way, there was a ringer, and so they were just pinning them down for it in his in his eyes. Um, yes, I know. They also claim that Walter is Jewish because his ex wife was Jewish, and he, Walter's like, "What do you do when you get divorced? You don't turn in your library card." <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. um, the dude's asking why he's even still Jewish. Um, but they find the convertible crashed on this drive, and yes. who is back? It's Bunny. She's just naked in the, in the in backyard. The yeah, and, and they go to see the Big Lebowski, and Walter immediately gets confrontational. Saying that even his crippledness is a lie. Yeah. This man can walk. I'm sure of it. I've seen plenty of uh, am- er, cripples in the military. Mister so. Mister Lebowski tells them that he's like, "You took my money," and Walter goes, "As if we would ever dream of taking your money." <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, he's like saying, this man walks, I'm sure of it, yeah. and he picks him up. He just falls. <laughs> yeah. I love when he's on the... So, it is kind of sad. He's on the ground and he's kind of whimpering, but the dog runs up <laughs> and just starts licking him and he just swats the dog away. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh. We got bad news coming in. Yeah, so we're back at the bowling alley, and Donnie rolls a ball down the lane, and he knocks down all the pins. It looks like it's going to be a strike, but it, one pin is still standing. Yeah. And Donnie really seems off from that. Like, this isn't the normal day. He's not shooting rocks tonight. Not shooting no. rocks tonight. Jesus sees them, and it's Saturday. Um, and they had they rescheduled it. They were supposed to play Jesus on Saturday. And Jesus is like, this is BS, man. Can't roll on Saturday, huh? Well, tell you what. I'm going to kick your ass Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> He's doubling down on it. Yeah. Um, but we go through that all. I mean, they basically, that's pretty much the end of that. Um, they step outside and the dude's car is on fire. On fire. And it's the Germans. And techno. Yep. And let them know that they know they don't have the girl. (laughs) Like it's off. And the Germans are very upset by this. We still want the money, Lebowski. <laughs> That's not how a ransom works. You don't have the girl, you don't get a, a ransom. That's the rules. That's the rules. <laughs> and then... Yeah. It's not fair. <laughs> it's not it's fair. <laughs> and Donnie keeps asking, are these people going to hurt us, Walter? <laughs> no, they're not going to hurt you, Donnie, and I think uh, the dude's got like, I don't know, six. (laughs) Oh, so that's how much money he has. (laughs) But the man who gets hit with the bowling ball is obviously crumpled for the rest of the night. Oh, it looks like something was ruptured. (laughs) Some of the best acting. (laughs) Yeah, he bites a man's ear off. Um, they just kick the Germans' asses. I don't yeah. think, I don't think, um, there was any chance of the Germans winning that. There was no. one part where one of them's just, like, standing and looking at him, he's like, I F you, I F you, I F you, and, um, then it's all over, and Walter goes, we got a man down, dude, and they go to Donnie. What's wrong with Donnie? He had a heart attack. He's having a heart attack. His own downfall. And uh, <sighs> Walter peace. says, we got help choppering in. Um, I love that he says choppering in. Yeah, but he does say something. In. I'm pretty sure Walter says there's like a reason he's not getting the help. But I can't remember why. It's like, um, I'd help, but I'm too tired or something like that. I don't know. Um. But um, they after this is all done, it's kind of revealed that Donnie has passed, sadly. Well, the reason Walter doesn't help out is because he just was fighting. And he says, like, if he goes, he might pass out because oh. his, his heart's really good. If gone. I go, I might pass out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but Donnie. This is a way. Rest in peace, Unfortunately. Donnie. 
and they're at the place where they receive his urn, um, and while discussing this, um, Walter looks over the papers, he's like, let me, let me see what this is, and he is reading it over for a solid minute, and then he just hands it back like, what's this about? <laughs> $180 for the urn to put Donnie's ashes in. It is our most modestly priced urn. (laughs) Can't we just rent it? We're spreading the ashes. (laughs) We need... That's not... We aren't a rental company. And then they're just like, is there a Ralph's nearby? (laughs) Yeah. So they... They are in walking to the ocean with a Folgers can. <laughs> Donnie is Folgers can. Damn. Rest um, in peace. Anybody want to? Heart, a heart-wrenching speech. By I was Walter. Say, anybody want to cover the heart-wrenching speech of Walters? He was one of us. A man who loved the outdoors and bowling. Surfing. And as a surfer, he explored the beaches of Southern California. From La Jolla to Leo Carrillo, and up to Pismo. Up he to died. Pismo. <laughs> he died as so many young men of his generation before his time. In your wisdom, Lord, you took him. As you took so many bright, flowering young men at Kisan. At Long Dock, at there it is. Those young men gave their lives, and so did Donnie. Donnie, who loved bowling. <laughs> and so, there door Donald Carabots us. In accordance with what we think your dying wishes might well have been, we commit your final mortal remains to the bosom of the Pacific Ocean. Which you love so well. He shakes out the can and it, the wind blows it all into the yeah. dude's face. <laughs> the ash just does not go towards the ocean at all. It was right into the dude. Walter <laughs> slowly turns around and then realizes, <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, dude. He starts helping him and the dude snaps. Yeah, and it's a kind of a sad moment yeah. where he kind of realizes, and he's just like actually apologizing, which is very unlike up, him for bringing up the Vietnam stuff. Yeah, dude, I'm sorry, dude, I'm sorry. It's heartwarming to see them hug at the end of that. Yeah, yeah. they go bowling. Um, go bowling. Dead flowers by Towns Van Zant plays. I think it's a very fitting song. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it starts out like. And as you're sitting there in your silk upholstered chair, <laughs> and you got people bowling, they're waxing the bowling floor, um, and the narrator's at the bar, and he um, asks the dude how it's going, and the dude goes, oh, ups and downs, strikes and gutters. Mm-hmm. And they just go over their spiel, yep. says, says, take it easy, dude. I know the that you will. Abides. Yeah, well, uh, the dude abides. It's good knowing he's out there, taking it easy for all us sinners. I didn't like seeing Donnie go, yeah, but did I. it's good to hear there's a little Lebowski on the way. Mm-hmm. And he basically says it goes to show that it all comes back around, or 
whatnot. And I honestly love how it ends. It's so tying the knot. A man just casually walks through the bowling lane, rolls the ball, and it strikes with the peaceful music going. And you gotta you gotta see that scene after everything. You gotta see it after everything in it. It really gets the feelings finishing off. Yeah. And I like how it just I like how it ends on the note of, you know, feeling like the dude is just he's continuing to just live day by day and there's probably more wacky shenanigans going on for him, but yeah. You know, he's just the dude. The dude abides. I wanted to ask, do you yes. think it's impressive that I feel like it was in one shot where they did the narration and then the bowl? And I was just thinking, what if that guy didn't bowl a strike? They would have to reshoot yeah, the shot. Yeah, I guess. That was all one shot, wasn't yeah. it? I was impressed by that. I'll admit. They probably had like a real professional bowler do Even that. then, you're still risking it. He was yeah. a professional. He had like a curve in that bowl. I know. Yeah. That's why it was impressive to me. I was like, dang. All right. Yeah. That was yeah. the big Lebowski. And the story the of the movie. dude. Excellent. I Any like final thoughts? Well, I know, Drew, you won the game, so you give your final thoughts first. Oh, well, as I mentioned prior, uh, Great stoner comedy. Uh, honestly, my favorite, if I'm being honest. If I had to rate it, I'd say probably uh, 9 out of 10, honestly. Like, I, I love it. I love almost every aspect of it. I just think it's... The whole movie is a, a trip in itself. I agree. I I went into it with... My expectations a little low because I wasn't sure if I'd like it, but I came out of it really, really digging it. I thought the cast was great. Everyone was super funny. I thought it was super solid. I think it was a little too long. If I had any complaints, I think I would just cut a few scenes. But no, I think it's an excellent movie and I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. Nice. I was, I was going to say, I thoroughly enjoy the movie. I don't know why I let it sit so long when I do set it down, because every time I pick it back up, it's a joy, it's a joy to witness. And yes. I think I personally would give the film, oh, I really want to say 9 out of 10, but yeah. I, I want to have the room for mistake. To say 8 out of 10, so let's just go with an 8.5. Nice. Nice. Alright, that was the Big Lebowski. Dean, thank you for recommending that. You are welcome. Yeah. And next week, we will not be picking a movie. None of us will, because we have our first guest. We have a director, a real LA director, fellas, from our home state of Michigan, representing. And I'm so excited to have this guy on the show. We have Josh Sikama. And, yeah, he has sent me his recommendation. He sent it via Carrier Pigeon. I received it in the bird box today. And I will open that right now. All right, the movie that we will be reviewing next week is 
Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Ooh, a Jim Carrey movie. Nice. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I knew you would be excited. Yes. I have not uh, seen that yet, but I've been wanting to watch it, so that is hype. Would it be I, crazy for me to say that I also have not really seen it? I think if I have, it was so long ago, but I, I wanted to see it. it. I started it. I got like 10 minutes in, and then I was like, I feel like I need to watch this with someone. I know so, Jim Carrey in, really enjoys that movie. He, I think it might be one of his favorite movies he was in. Yeah, I hear great things about it. So, fellas, that concludes this episode of the Dial-Up Movie Club. Where can people find you online? Drew, where can we find you? Well, let's see. I am a gaming man, so uh, Naughty Bear Freak on almost all social media, and of course YouTube for the actual videos. And uh, my new Instagram account, uh, harvey.barker.photo.video which will mostly contain film photos. You can find me on Instagram under Dean Culkins on all one word. It's all my photography. You can find my personal Instagram at Mattman2400. You can find my Twitter at Hopper2400. And you can find my personal YouTube channel at PureVision. And don't forget to join the club. Follow the Dial-Up Movie Club on Twitter at Dial Club. And of course, check out our YouTube channel, the Dial-Up Pictures. Dial-Up Pictures. Watch Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind for next week's episode. And we will have a great discussion with Josh Sikama. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait, guys. Right. Thank you for coming to another Dial Up V Club, and we will see you next time. Bye bye. See you later, y'all. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye.